Hi friends, this is Megan, and you're listening to the She Lives Purposely podcast, where we encourage women to love Jesus and live purposely in every area of life. Hi friends, and welcome back to the She Lives Purposely podcast. I am Megan, the founder of She Lives Purposely and the host of this podcast. And today's episode is going to be so good. You guys, I am so excited because I have my sweet friend, Heather Creekmore on. She is a Christian blogger, a speaker, an author. And today we're gonna talk all things comparison, body image, and the controversial topic of self-love. Um, so Heather, thank you so much for being on and chatting with me. I am so happy to be with you, Megan. This is so fun. Oh my gosh, no, this is just seriously such a pleasure. And the topics that we have for today, I am genuinely so excited to talk about. I think they're so important. I think there's something that um, just basically every woman and every person can really relate to. Um, And I am so excited to hear just your perspective and your wisdom on these topics. But first, just tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, Yeah, where are you from? What do you do? I talked a little bit in the intro, but in your own words. Yeah. Sure. Well, uh, I live in Austin, Texas now, but I'm not a native Texan, although, you know, once you get to Texas, you try to claim it, right? Uh, My husband was a Marine fighter pilot, and he's now a pastor. Oh, wow. And we have four children, ages 9 to 14, and I homeschool. And I was homeschooling before COVID made it cool. So (laughs) I've been doing it for a while now. But most of all, you know, I'm I'm a woman who's been on a long journey. I started struggling with body image issues in third grade. Mm. And so the fact that I'm talking to you about this stuff now and writing about this stuff for everyone to read is really surprising to me because, yeah. you know, these topics, like you said, they apply to everyone, but most of us don't really like to talk about them. <laughs> so, so that's what I do. Yeah, I love it. I think it speaks so much to how sometimes the Lord will take the things that we are, you know, like his strength shines in our weakness and he is strong in our weakness. And, um, you know, I I feel like I just know so many people who the things that they feel they struggle with the most are the things that the Lord uses most in their life to glorify him. So that is so beautiful. Um, well, yeah, well, again, just thank you for, for being on. Um, let's talk first before we dive into body image and this idea of self-love just a little bit about, and I guess it really all ties together, but, um, comparison in your perspective on that, just for the girls who are listening, who, um, I guess are really struggling, whether it is body, whether it is just the season of life they're in, um, whatever it may be, just this idea of comparison and why you think it's just not a very healthy mentality um, and way of life? Well, there's a number of reasons. I mean, first of all, I I like to say comparison's ladder has no top rung. Mm. In fact, if you think about the concept of trying to be better, right? Because that's what we want when we compare, right? We see someone who has a quote unquote better body and we think, oh, I should be better like her or they have a better job or Mm -hmm. a better car or a better wardrobe. But better is a comparative adjective. So you can only have better when you are comparing yourself to someone else. Mm -hmm. Better does not exist without comparison. And so it traps us 
just, you know, in every area of life where we are just climbing and striving and on this nonstop treadmill of trying to get better and we never reach the destination. And so that's just broadly why I think comparison is damaging. But as Christian women, mm. right, like we use the term comparison, Megan, because that's a nice, safe word. But the truth is all through scripture, God uses other words when he talks about comparison. He uses the word envy. Mm. He uses the word covetousness. He uses the word jealousy. He uses the word pride. And those are not super fun things to talk about, right? Like yeah. no one, like I, we're talking about them way too early in the show, right? So don't, <laughs> don't talk, stop listening. But, but like, I do believe that if we really want to love and serve God, we have to understand that God's not just like, oh, that that sweet girl has a comparison problem. Mm -hmm. He's like, no, no, my dear, you're struggling with things that I talk about all through my word and they're dangerous. Yeah. And you need to find a way to stop because it's not good for you or your relationships. Mm -hmm. And you're distracted from the purpose I have for your life because you're comparing yourself to others. Absolutely. Actually, that's something that I had heard a couple of years ago, too, in regards to comparison was in relation to purpose, how if I am so focused on somebody else's walk with the Lord and their journey and the race that they're on, then I am not able to do my own. But when I just keep my eyes on the Lord and the things that he has for me, they're totally separate races. And so comparison right. is really like not even an option in a sense, because there is nothing to, there's not an alternative life we could be living that we can compare to. We're comparing to what God has for something else, not something better that God could have for us, if that kind of makes right. sense. Um, um, right. Yeah. So, I have a great illustration for that. Oh, if you want to hear it. Yes. Um, no, I do. <laughs> so, so, so when I first started thinking about this stuff, um, I was actually writing my first book and my husband and I, we lived in Dallas at the time and we were going to a conference in Miami and we were sitting at the airport and I started to realize, and we're like type A people. So we were way early <laughs> and, and we're sitting there and I realized like everyone walking through an airport has a very intentional walk. Mm. Like they know where they're going. There's only, you know, so many places you can go in an airport, right? Mm. So you're either headed to the exit or you're headed to the gate, yeah. right? And so what I realized was, I think God wants us to walk through life like we are walking through an airport headed towards a specific gate. Well, mm. how do you know what gate you're supposed to go to? Well, when you go to an airport, you get a boarding pass, right? Yeah. And that boarding pass tells you your destination and what gate it leaves from. So if I walk through the airport with a boarding pass that says, you know, Montana on it. <laughs> and I stop at the Maui gate and yeah. say, oh, wouldn't it be great to go to Maui? I, I can't go there. That's not what's written on my boarding pass. Yeah. Right. And but and so I think that we can all free ourselves from this pressure of trying to be like that crowd going to Maui or the crowd going to Miami, just to continue my airport analogy. Yeah. And, and just realize if we can just figure out what has God stamped on our boarding pass? What mm. purpose has he given us? And that doesn't have to be this this big lofty thing that's really untangible. Like that's overwhelming. And, and I think people have been haunted by that yes. for too long. Yep. It's not that complicated, right? It's just, can I walk and live and love and obey him every single day, walking towards a purpose that is just for me and not be distracted by the people that are doing this or doing that, or to use my airport analogy, going to Miami, going to Maui, going to Montana. Like they all have different destinations yeah. and that's not where my plane's going. Yeah. I love that analogy. That's fantastic. And I think it really helps even like you were saying, like where has God stamped your boarding pass? What did he put on it? Um, 
And like you said, like we can't just change our flight. So um, right. such, a, <laughs> such a great analogy. Um, and I think like you were saying too, just as Christian women, something that is so important for us to remember because we do use this word comparison, but in reality it is envy. You know, it is jealousy. It is pride. And those are things that God hates. Those are things that he wants to root out of us to make us more like him. Um, and so those are things that we really just can't be compromising on. And I think in a society where comparison is so capitalized on and so promoted it's a really hard thing for us to do but it is a very necessary thing for us to do which I think really brings us to um just body image because I think um especially on social media with advertisements whatever it is there is something that we are always supposed to quote unquote be compared to and striving for um so yeah, I guess just talk a little bit about that in comparison in yeah. relation to to body image. Absolutely. Well, I mean, think about it. Marketing's whole goal is to make you discontent, mm-hmm. right? If you are not dissatisfied with your life, then you don't need what they have. Right. <laughs> so whether it's a diet product or, you know, a cream for your face, whatever it is, unless you're dissatisfied with the life you have now, they're not doing their job because they're not going to get you to buy their thing. And so keeping that in mind that those messages are coming at us. And then, yes, we have this whole realm of social media where messages are coming at us all the time from every angle as to what we should look like and how we, you know, should be eating or how we should be exercising, right? Because people post their like, you know, workout times and their workouts even, you know? And so we have so many details about people's lives that, you know, generations before us didn't have, Mm -hmm. right? They didn't have the option to compare themselves in as many ways as we do now. To thousands of other women. Yeah, right. Exactly. And so when it comes to body image, this is really a dangerous arena, right? Girls are struggling with eating disorders and anxiety Mm. And I mean, one of the top high school graduation gifts is boob jobs now. Mm. Um, like, like wow. it is, it's a different, a different world out there <laughs> than it was before in terms of how, um, how girls and women are struggling in every aspect and angle of this, trying to get the perfect selfie, getting plastic surgery so they can get the perfect selfie yeah. and, and really unable to separate like reality from um, from what we see on social media has yeah. made, I think, the body image issue um, just so much harder for so many women. And then you just see all these different trends where, like, one year it's the thigh gap and the next year right. it's better to have thicker, you know, like, thighs. Right. And so I just think it is, again, dangerous because it goes from comparison um, to really almost becoming an idol of how we look and then we become so obsessed with how we look. And so discontent with how we look too, um, which is which is also such almost, you know, um, sin level because we're discontent with the way that God created us to be and we are created in his image. Um, and, and yeah, so I think there's just so many problems from it. And I, I love what you said at the beginning about how comparison is such a soft word, but it really leads to so many very big issues and very big even sins. Um, So, and I guess diving off of that topic, you talk a lot about self-love as well and how oftentimes it's almost as a remedy for for the problems that we've created ourselves with comparison. Um, You know, society and marketing and all of it is like, well, here's comparison and here's self-love. But you actually talk about how self-love is not 
um, the way that you think we should handle things. And I'd love for you to dive into that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, if you Google, what do I do about my body image issues or how do I stop comparing? You're going to find like 900,000 entries that are going to tell you you need more self-esteem or more self-love. But here's the problem with that. (laughs) First of all, the problem with that is self-love is often rooted in pride, right? And Timothy... The Bible tells us that in the last days, men will be lovers of self, and it's not a good thing in the way that they're putting it there, right? Like, that's not a positive. And so the problem is a lot of what we're being taught now just, you know, through social media influencers is, okay, if you're not happy with your body, what you need to do is just love your body. And and yes, there is this expectation, I think, that we have self-love already because the Bible in Matthew tells us like to, you know, love God and then love others as you love yourself. But I've heard too many Christians twist that mm. into you have to love yourself before you can love others. Yes. And I don't think that's what God means. Say it again, <laughs> right? girl. Yeah. Be- because yep. because Otherwise, it would mean that I don't have to love my neighbors if I hate myself, Mm -hmm. right? And then he uses the same language in Ephesians where Paul talks to husbands about loving their wives as they love themselves. And again, no one's arguing that if a man hates himself, he can hate his wife too. Like that's totally not what the Bible's teaching. So to say that self-love has to come before other love or before God love Mm. is just straight up fallacy, right? That's not what the Bible's teaching. And so really what I think is happening through a lot of even body positivity, it sounds like a nice word, Mm -hmm. right? But there's so much of our language that has been co-opted to mean other things. And so I'm very careful about not using language that means something that sounds different than what that words actually mean. And so body positivity has kind of just become this code word for body pride. Mm. Right. And so the message that we're being taught is if you just have more pride, then you will be free. Mm. But that's not what the Bible teaches. Right. God opposes the proud and gives grace to the humble. God never says, find more pride and you will be free. He says, follow me, lay down your life, take up your cross daily and, right. and then you will be free. Right. And so so I feel like these messages that are coming at us, telling us to have more pride, they're they're actually leading us deeper further into this pit of despair because what happens is when you try to have more body pride or like I watched a series on the Today Show years ago where they had a man come on and talk about this issue and what he had women do is he had them stare into the mirror until they decided that they love themselves Mm. and then that was supposed to set them free but the problem is the the more self introspection we do the longer and harder we stare into the mirror Mm. at our bodies chances are the more flaws we find. Yeah, yeah, honestly. Like, right? Like, and so like it keeps our eyes on ourselves. And whenever we are so self-focused, we just become miserable, right? It doesn't free us from anything. Self-focus. And, and, you know, and then the other thing I like to talk about, and this is, is so thinking about self-focus, right? If self-focus is really the answer, I mean, everyone's met a narcissist. Those people are not fun to be with, right? right? So like if self-focus is the answer, well, then where's the appropriate level to stop that self-focus, right? At like what point have you hit enough Mm -hmm. self-love, right? Because we know the people who love themselves too much and we don't want to spend time with them. They're not very fun. Uh, So so it just, it becomes this big jumbled mess. And, And quite frankly, way back in the 80s and 90s, there were states that believed that self-esteem teaching would solve all of their state's 
social ills, that right. their drug use would go down, that their crime rates would go down, that self-esteem training would fix everything. And what's happened over the last few decades, Megan, is that the opposite has happened. The more self-esteem, the more self-love people have, the more dangerous it actually is to society, the more likely they are to abuse drugs, the more mm -hmm. likely they are to engage in risky behaviors, the more likely they are to commit crimes. And so self-esteem is in self-love. They're just, they're not the right answer. And especially not the right answer for a Christian woman. Yeah. And I think, I think too, and you touched on this before is because these terms that we use, they do sound good. And to an extent, you know, like you said, it's assumed that we do have a certain level of respect or quote unquote love for ourselves, but we re really put so much pressure on it and focus on it and make it an idol. And even when we don't, even if it's just kind of in the back burner, like, oh, I need to love myself more and more and more and more and more and more. Um, it's still nevertheless is becoming an idol. And I can even think just an example today, super silly example, um, but I just am having this new morning routine where I am making sure um, that I'm exercising in the morning, which is really great. Um, but something this morning kind of interrupted that schedule, something that I needed to do that was going to be loving and helpful to somebody else. And at first, my first thought was like, well, I can't do this loving thing because I need to exercise, right, for my body so that I make sure that I feel confident and look good. Um, so I think even in just that little example, and I thought about it later, and I'm like, what are my priorities? And am I allowing the Lord and his will for me and just other things and other people and love for him to, to be my priority? Or is it going to be just like making sure that I'm making myself better? Um, right. So yeah, I just, I love everything you're saying. And I think it is so powerful the way that we define things um, because we can throw terms around and they can all sound great. And even to an extent, maybe means something very genuine. People want better, um, but they can be so twisted into something that is so tricky. And like you said, just a jumbled mess. <laughs> right. Absolutely. Um, what would you say then for the girl listening who um, just has heard this mantra of self-love over and over and over again? Um, and it sounds, you know, it has a nice ring to it, but they really resonate with what you're saying here in that it really just pushes um, this idea of pride more heavily and they don't want to be too proud <laughs> and they do want to be more humble and they want to be yeah. a woman that seeks the Lord. How would they then combat um body image issues that they may have or just comparison issues in general what would be the alternative yeah. to self-love hi friends i just wanted to take a second to say thank you for listening to the she lives purposely podcast i hope and pray you are encouraged and even exhorted here did you know that the she lives purposely podcast is listener supported if the she lives purposely podcast has been an encouragement in your life i hope you'll consider joining the movement and support the impact that the podcast is making through monthly gifts you can give one, five, or even $10 a month and help us reach and encourage women like you. To support the podcast in that way, you can click the link in the show notes. Again, She Lives Purposely runs on support like yours, and I am so thankful. Well, so I think it's, you've said the word a number of times, but honestly, where when I found freedom was when I realized that my body image was an idol. Mm. And and so I was raised in the church and I knew that I was fearfully and wonderfully made. I knew I was God's masterpiece. I knew the Imago Dei, like I knew all the verses, but I did not understand how I had made my body image an idol. And yeah. so my journey, I started thinking that my legs were bigger than the legs of other girls in my class in third grade. Mm. Um, by middle school, 
school, I was dieting. By high school, I was Ugh. seeing how long I could go without eating. No. By college, I lost my period. Um, so in some ways, it's miraculous that I have four kids right now. No. Um, and so, you know, my my eating was messed up. My uh, I was always just figuring out how I could exercise to burn off what I had eaten. And the goal of my life was to have a thinner body. But I was also a good church girl. And, you know, I didn't, I didn't really rebel. I didn't really get yeah. into crazy things, right. but I just had this one thing. And so when God showed me, I wasn't until I was in my mid thirties, I wish mm. he had shown me earlier, <laughs> but it was the journey I was on. Yeah. But when God showed me that I had made it my idol, that's when everything changed for me. So for the girl that's stuck in self-love, there's a good chance that, that you're trapped trying to figure out how to serve that idol, that, that that mm. thing, getting that body, losing that weight, getting that look, getting that shape, you know, toning what's supposed to be toned now, like you said about, it used to be thigh gap. Now everyone needs a butt. Mm -hmm. Like when I first, I, so I was a fitness industry professional. I, I taught aerobics. Uh, it was my side job. So I had another job, but yeah. teaching aerobics was like helpful to my body image or so I believed it actually wasn't. <laughs> but, but so I, you know, I did all these things and it's so funny when I started, no one wanted a butt. And to your point, now everyone, <laughs> <laughs> and once a pet. This is just so crazy how it always changes. And just a but yeah, note, I mean, oh, sorry. No, no on that ahead. too is that different people are literally created different ways. So right. there are certain things that people simply cannot obtain. You know what I mean? Like Absolutely. whether it's a thigh gap or whether it is a, you know, thick butt or whatever it is, sometimes there's people who will like, no matter how much you work out in the correct way are never going to obtain it. Right. And, and so it just is so self-defeating. So anyway, just right. a little and quick it, rant yeah. on that. And <laughs> yeah. And it comes down to how are you defining beauty? Mm, yeah. Right. Are you defining beauty by the word? Are you defining beauty by the world? And if you're defining beauty by the world, you're gonna go crazy because you're gonna have to change your look every couple of years to keep up. Yeah. And like you said, that's gonna be impossible sometimes. And, and I don't mean for that to sound too Christian cliche, but ultimately, if we are only building beauty on the outside, <laughs> like, yeah. you know, the Bible tells us that that's fleeting and, and we know all those things. But if that, like, if the thought of that makes you cringe, if hearing me say, hey, you got to define beauty by the word, if that makes you cringe, then my encouragement to you would be stop and figure out, have you made this body image thing an idol? Mm. Like for me, I honestly believed that having a better body, that having the look, that getting everything like together <laughs> in my physical appearance would save me. Mm. And it's not that I would have been able to tell you that in those terms at the time, but looking back on it now, I thought that the joy, the peace, the love, because yeah. I was single until I was 30, I thought, you know, I thought all those things would come as soon as I perfected my outsides. Mm. Yeah. And what I learned was, no, that's actually didn't work that way. And it's so funny because you see the cover of the magazine and you see that woman on the cover of the magazine and you think like, oh, if I just look like her, then my life would be so different. Yeah. But if you read the headlines around these women, yeah. a lot of times, you know, it's like how he cheated on her mm. or why she almost ended it all or her problem with substance abuse, right? Like, women that look like we think we should look in order to be happy or have love or have joy, like they still have struggles too. Right. And so this idol, this body image idol lies to us yeah. and it keeps us stuck. Like I said, on a never ending treadmill, there's always something else to be fixed. You have to keep up with whatever Instagram shows you is hot today. Right. And, and it's, it's again, distracting us from what God has for us to do. 
Absolutely. And I think, too, um, going back to something you said earlier, where when we take our eyes off of Jesus and, you know, look in the mirror and focus on ourselves, that is when we really start to become so discontent with ourselves. And I think also very just anxious even because we're so focused on all the problems that um, we seem to have on us, on our body or within us. And and I think it even relates to the internal and the spiritual in the aspect that when we're so focused on our failures and our sins, then that is when Satan is so quick to condemn us. Um, and we forget that, you know, we're forgiven and we can walk in grace and we can walk in obedience even if we failed, you know. And I think the same thing again just applies here, this idea that we can become so self-condemning and then strive for pride and strive for self-love. Um, when in reality, if we are letting it go as an idol and putting our eyes back on the Lord, then those things can fall away and all of the baggage that comes with it um, and just the heartache too that really that really does come with it. Um, yeah, man, just comparison, self-love, body image, it's all, it really is so powerful. And I think... Um, just some really big topics that everybody yeah. can relate to. Yeah. Can I share with you an exercise that I have women do? It, yes. It's not an actual, like, you know, workout exercise. exercise. <laughs> no, please. <laughs> that sounded weird. But so you have to just pretend that you have a mirror in front of you, right? Mm-hmm. And so what I encourage women to do is instead of like having that mirror in front of them and staring longer and harder into that mirror until they find something they love about themselves or find something they can take pride in because a lot of times you'll you'll read or hear, you know, just if you don't like your nose, you know, just focus on something you like, focus on your eyes, which works fine until you go out and you find someone that you think has better eyes and then your confidence <laughs> is all lost, right? right? Because you were so confident in your eyes and boy, her eyes are better, right? So, so instead of staring longer and harder into that mirror you have in front of you, what I encourage women to do is to just kind of, I'll give a sound effect here, like just kind of tilt it up So it's facing the sky because as Christian women, that's what we're called to do. We're called to reflect Hmm. Jesus, right? We're called to to be his reflection here on earth. We're not called to try to be as hot as possible so so that God looks good, right? Like I feel like the whole like, you know, take care of your temple thing has been distorted into like, you have to be hot to be a good testimony for Jesus. No, no, no. He's asking us to reflect him, Mm. right? And that takes the pressure off of us, right? Because I can have a giant zit in between my (laughs) eyebrows. And if I'm reflecting him, I can still shine, right? (laughs) Right? It's not all about, you know, getting the perfect look in order to be able to shine. I can still shine if my goal is to reflect him. And, you know, and then thinking about the temple thing, right? Like the purpose of a temple is not to glorify the temple. Like the temple is not to be worshiped. Mm. It would be ridiculous for us to stand outside of our church buildings and be like, oh, we love you church building. We worship you church building. You're so awesome church building, right? Like that's silly. No, the, the temple, the church for us is used to worship God. Well, that's the same with our bodies as temples, right? We're not created so others can worship us. Mm. Oh, wow. Look at how hot she is. Oh, wow. How did she lose that weight? Oh, wow. She looks so good, right? No, our our purpose as temples for him is to be used for worship, to use mm. our bodies to worship him, not to use our bodies to draw worship for ourselves. 
I love that. That is so powerful and such just a good reminder. And it was, you know, it sounded silly when you said our purpose is not to have the hottest body. But I think, you know, how many of us genuinely, and, and I don't think it's uncommon, I think it's very common, make it a purpose for ourselves. And, you know, not that working out and living a healthy lifestyle at all, you know, those are all great things. But when we make it Absolutely. a life's purpose um, to yeah, just focus on ourselves. I think it, it, it just was one funny when you said it, but in reality, it's true that a lot of us make mm-hmm. it our purpose to be hotter or more beautiful in some way, shape, or form. Right. And it is all fleeting, you know, whether it's because the trend changed tomorrow or because our bodies just gradually change. Um, yeah, so it just, it was a funny quote, but it was very powerful, honestly. <laughs> well, thank you, Heather, so much for, for coming on this podcast. I know that this was just an encouragement to me, and I am sure it's going to be an encouragement to everybody who listens. Um, for girls who just want to learn more about what you do and the message that you're sharing, where can people find you? Absolutely. I'm on Compared to Who. Dot me and my podcast is compared to who and my first book is compared to who and so I'm compared to who on socials <laughs> so I'm compared to who everywhere <laughs> I love it no it's good good um branding <laughs> thank you so much for listening to today's conversation I would love to hear what you thought about the podcast on Instagram at she lives purposefully and to rate and review us wherever you're listening from it really helps us to serve you guys Also, tell your friends about the podcast. Let them know if it's been an encouragement to you. Go and encourage them with it. Thank you so much again for listening. I love you guys.